Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Going to be another busy week. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we're watching very closely here what Justin Trudeau does mm-hmm. here. He's already indicated Global News. Every news outlet in Canada reporting this Emergencies Act is going to be invoked here mm-hmm. in Canada, giving the government some more powers here to deal with these blockades. Remember the the FLQ, the October crisis, and his father famously bringing in the War Measures Act. Do you see any parallels there? Well, some parallels, I mean, because it's, it, it will enhance federal p- government powers. Now, the War Measures Act was repealed in 1988. It's not in the books anymore. It went much farther than the Emergency Act. War Measures yeah. Act suspended civil liberties, heaviest corpus and such. Emergency, Emergency Act doesn't do that. Having said that, we've never invoked, no one's ever invoked the Emergency Act before, so it's unclear how this is going to play out. He's ruled out for now bringing in the military. So it's unclear exactly, okay, how is it, how is it going to change when it comes to these blockades? The RCMP are already enforcing, you just heard Gord's uh, breaking news there, uh, uh, RCMP moving in and cuts Alberta at the border there. Uh, yeah, and they found of weapons, wow. Serious weapons. Yeah. Um, you're seeing the RCMP enforce, uh, trying to dismantle the blockade at the Pacific Crossing. Uh, yeah. Uh, you're yep. seeing the RCMP clearing the Ambassador Bridge. Uh, so I don't see how the emergency, it's unclear how the Emergency Act is going to change those Well, situations. one thing they could do is, just like the emergencies, the state of emergency in British Columbia during the wildfires, it would give the government authority to like confiscate oh, yeah. uh, material and stuff. So one thing that was pointed out this morning was, well, in Ottawa, we've seen some tow truck companies that have flat out refused yep. to tow these trucks. So could the government, could the federal government order Order tow truck companies to go in there and tow away those trucks in downtown Ottawa. Or they seize control of those trucks themselves. Yeah, that's what that's the power under the emergency act. You can't force a person to do something like that, but you can seize the equipment, and that may be what we're looking at in terms of dealing with Ottawa. Yeah, I mean, you could also suspend uh, public liberties to uh, assemble. So you know, you could. Could you, could he do that? Could he set up some sort of no-go zone where people yep. can't go into that so downtown? It gives the cabinet the power to regulate or prohibit public assembly that could right. lead to the breach of the peace or travel. Uh, they can designate and secure protected places. They can uh, The government can assume control, uh, restoration and maintenance of public utilities. So there's a number of things under the Act, but again, because we've never seen this uh, invoked before, it's not entirely clear what, what the details are going to be. Okay, so let's go into the time machine here, and we'll go back to the October crisis, the FLQ crisis in 1970, the War Measures Act invoked by Justin Trudeau's father, Pierre Trudeau, the famous exchange here with the reporter about the War Measures Act 1970. Let's listen to it now. There's a lot of bleeding hearts around who just don't like to see people with helmets and guns. All I can say is uh, go on and bleed, but it's more important to keep law and order in this society than to uh, uh, be worried about uh, weak-kneed people who uh, don't like the looks of, uh, of a at, at any cost? At any cost? How far would you go with that? How far would you extend that? Well, just watch me. Yeah, that's the famous Just Watch Me. I invite people who have never seen this before. That's Tim Rafe, the CBC reporter. Um, you will never see a situation like this again, where the Prime Minister gets out of his car, no security, n- yeah. no staff, 
and is greeted by a half dozen reporters and camera people on the on the front steps and at a time have, when the country's in a crisis and, and when the Mortgages Act is yeah. underway and yeah. there's literally soldiers you know, I think at one point you can see a soldier in the background um, it's an extraordinary encounter. It goes on, I think, for about 20 minutes. I watched it again last night. Invite, it's, a, it's a remarkable chapter in, in Canadian history. Tim Rafe, the reporter there, has an extended, almost philosophical debate with Pierre Trudeau on just the notion of, of soldiers in the street. Now, we're, it's, it's fun to make the comparison, but I think it's a little bit of apples and oranges here. We're not going to see the Army, as of yet, patrolling the streets if the army is deployed, it's going to be at very um, small locations where there's actually physical evidence of protest and blockades. The War Measures Act was basically carte blanche authority for the military to go anywhere they wanted in Quebec or across the country and arrest people. It's been kind of pathetic watching these various levels of government all pointing fingers at each other about this Ottawa blockade. You deal with it. No, yeah. it's the police's responsibility. We want more resources. We gave you more resources. You're not using them. Like, it's just pathetic watching this finger pointing going on mm -hmm. back and forth. Now, pl listen to this. Now, the Ottawa mayor uh, uh, just on the weekend said, oh, I actually met with one of the leaders of the convoy. And we've got a deal for them to clear out. Mm -hmm. And and then the convoy leaders turned around and said, "No, that's fake news. We haven't got a deal. We're not." <laughs> so I mean, this is just ridiculous. But have a listen to the Ottawa mayor here, Jim Watson, on negotiating with the protesters to leave. Have a listen to this. They've agreed to start moving out those members that uh, they have a relationship with in the residential communities. Uh, starting today, not not we won't finish. It'll probably take up to seventy two hours to get them out of all the residential neighborhoods uh, into areas uh, either. Uh, uh, in the vicinity of Parliament Hill or farther afield. They're working on the logistics now. Okay, so that's the, the Ottawa mayor saying, oh, I've done a deal with them, and then the protest leaders turned around and said, no, there is no deal. So this, again, uh, will give Justin Trudeau and any other political leader a perfect out. What is the point of even negotiating with these people when you think you've got a deal, and then turn around and say you don't? So th if they can't be relied upon to have a deal, there's not going to be any negotiations. And I don't think you're going to see the Trudeau government negotiate with anyone. It's interesting, uh, Angus Reid pulled out today, 72% of the public want this, these guys out of there, and the blockades ended, so uh, opposition to the blockades and the convoys is rising, but it's also interesting, political leaders are taking a big hit here, right across the board, whether it's uh, Justin Trudeau, Doug Ford, the mayor of Ottawa, uh, Jason Kenney, no one's coming out of this with clean hands. All governments and politicians are being viewed fairly unfavorably by a public that's obviously frustrated with what's going on. There's some people looking at the police wondering why haven't the police moved more effectively, more aggressively, and could there be some police sympathy for for the protest? Well, there's that video going around of the OPP officer talking to a trucker in a convoy saying, you know, good on you. Let's listen to that. Okay, so this is a viral video of an Ontario police officer pulling over one of the protesters here, and there's a little discussion at the window between the cop mm -hmm. and, the, and the protesters in the car. Have a listen to this. I support you guys 100%. Thank Thanks, you. All right. That's what we like to hear. So, awesome. I haven't been to Ottawa. A lot of us are. Yeah. For nothing but great things for a protest. Everybody's yeah. Wonderful. Very, very thankful. Yeah. Uh, we we just keep want to make her sure peaceful. that everybody's good. And when yeah. these lights go on, you're causing a lot of confusion on the way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wait till you get there. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay.
You know, I mean, that's one police officer. It's probably the worst day of his life that this was videoed and now gone viral, but your thoughts? Yeah, that's one police officer. It is interesting, though. You also see videos in Ottawa of the Ottawa police looking the other way as jerry cans are moved around, kids bouncing, castles are established, they have a DJ. Well, is that down to the cops or is it down to their commanders, like well, the leadership? You see, the, well, um, I think it's both. I mean, you've got the, the police chief talking a good, uh, sending, a, sending a message to my troops, do, you know, be firm in terms of holding the line. Well, that's not what's happening on the, on the streets. And that's why there's pressure for the federal government. Again, I think you're going to see the RCMP have a much larger presence in Ottawa and to deal with this protest and replace um, uh, the Ottawa police in terms of being the, the first uh, chain of command or the, or the OPP move in to Ottawa where they're not there right now. Okay, as soon as Justin Trudeau emerges and we, we hear about these emergency measures being imposed, we'll bring it to you as soon as we know you're going to know. So make sure you keep it locked here all morning. Meanwhile, in Ontario, Ontario Premier Doug Ford announces that they're going ahead with relaxing COVID measures, including uh, winding down their version of the BC vaccine card, the vaccine passport. So here is the Ontario Premier Doug Ford announcing that this morning. Beginning on February 17th, we will remove all capacity limits except for sporting events, concert venues, and theaters, which will be capped at 50%. Effective March the 1st, we intend to eliminate capacity limits in all indoor public settings. At the same time, and at the recommendation of Dr. Moore, we will lift proof of vaccination requirements for all settings. Okay, so he went on to say that we're not doing this because of the truck blockades. Mm -hmm. We're doing it because it's the right thing to do. Your While you're seeing jurisdictions around the world lifting restrictions to varying degrees, uh, not everyone's doing the same things on the same timeline. Uh, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Ontario are out in front. I don't. We're going to get an update from Dr. Bonnie Henry tomorrow. I expect her to uh, revisit the cap capacity limits. I think there's going to be some changes there. I think you're going to be able to have more people at a table in a restaurant. Uh, I don't see the vaccination card disappearing. Right now it's scheduled to last until June 30th. I think there's a uh, good reason to think that's going to come off. That's going to be lifted before June 30th, but I don't think we're we're never at evidence that our public health marches to the beat of other public health in other provinces. And indeed, a Leger poll out last week showed British Columbians of any segment of the population are far more reluctant to lift restrictions. There's much more caution being expressed yeah. by British Columbians than there are other jurors. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Yeah. Okay, the phone lines are open. 604-280-9898. Star 9898 on your cell. Bob in Surrey. Hi, Bob. Go ahead. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Go ahead. Great. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say I'm a trucker. I am tr uh, triple vaccinated, and I don't agree with the protests. 
the blockades are it's just getting ridiculous protesting fine um you know we are in live in a free country but when you blockade a bridge that does about 400 million dollars worth of trade with the united states it's uh it's got to stop it's got to end so um it's unfortunate the truckers are getting painted as being a bunch of thugs and that's not true the vast majority of them are hard-working mm-hmm. people yep. and uh they don't deserve it but unfortunately it's been hijacked by a small group of extreme right wingers and that's the problem yeah it's, it's been hijacked by the alt-right basically i mean some of these are truckers and some of them are just political actors uh, on our coverage on the weekend of the Pacific Crossing blockade, we interviewed truckers who couldn't get through the border to do their work. One guy was trying to get home to Portland. Uh, he couldn't get through. Another fellow was trying to deliver his goods into Vancouver, into Metro Vancouver. He couldn't deliver his goods. It had nothing to do with the protests. They were truckers, though, and they were, they were trying to work. Yeah, so the truckers being blocked by the so-called truck blockade. Yeah, which has, again, been hijacked, which is a good word to use here, by political interests, uh, much of it flowing from the United States. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of there's QAnon stuff in there. Yep. I mean, there's just hatred of uh, Trudeau. There's anti-media hate in there. I mean, there's all, a, there's all kinds of stuff. So the extension of the truck blockades are the protests, which have truck truckers circling them. I've been at yeah. four of them at the legislature. I was at one on Saturday. Uh, taking notes, listening to what people are talking about. And you're yeah. right. It's a disparate uh, set of interests. There's yeah. the anti-Trudeau hatred, which is on visible display with profanity, strewing signs and, and banners. Uh, you've got QAnon people, the conspiracy theorists. Uh, you've got the anti-vaccine crowd. There are sure. people who are, are, are opposed to public health measures. Yeah. But there's some extremism that goes beyond that. There's sure. also a heavy religious tone to these protests, yeah. that, the ones I've been attending. The word God is the most common word next to Trudeau on these protest signs. Alan in Vancouver. Hi, Alan. Go ahead. Hi, Mike. Uh, Love your show, by the way. Uh, I I would just like all the restrictions to end in Vancouver. I think it's virtually impossible for any government to control an airborne virus. It's come to the point where we have to live with this. We have to figure it out and just take care of ourselves the best we know Mm -hmm. how. Well, I think we're getting there, you know. Yeah, so we're getting there. The cases, the transmission rate, uh, the positivity rate is dropping, but it's not dropped enough yet, I don't think, to see a complete um, uh, relaxation of all the restrictions. We were at about 18%, I think. In the past, Dr. Henry's talked about a 5% positivity rate being the, the goal here. Also, it's the R, the R number, the reproductive number, is still not low enough. Uh, but once those numbers get uh, below a certain level, you are going to see a wholesale uh, dropping of restrictions, but we're not quite there yet. We're not going to follow Alberta and Saskatchewan's lead. We've never followed their lead or Jason Kenney when it comes to public health measures. Chris on the line in Richmond. Hi, Chris. Go ahead. Hi there, Richmond. Um, I'm in favor of Dr. Bonnie Henry basically just going slow approach because um, I think most people in Richmond agree. Like I've seen polls about 80% of people not wanting to uh, go too quickly with relaxing mm-hmm. all the vaccine requirements. Yeah, so that would match the Leger poll last week. 67% of British Columbians are cautious. Um, you know, Of course, she doesn't make her decisions based on no, polling. she does not base it on polling at all. It's bit, But it is based partly, though. She's always tried to keep it. And other public health, part of public health is where is the public on this? Yeah. You, know, you, you don't want to get too far ahead of the public. You want the public yeah. to buy into your, your sure. plans rather than freezing it out. So she does t- it doesn't take into account polls, but she tries to take a read on where the public's at because right. you want public to support the measures as they exist. Sure. Chris in Richmond. Hi, Chris. Go ahead. 
Sean, Sean in North Vancouver. Sean, go ahead. Morning, gentlemen. I find it ironic that uh, this is a disaster, really, of the Liberals' own making um, by abandoning rule of law uh, over the last number of years in like protests and uh, railways in Quebec and Ontario and across Canada, shutting down uh, committees that were looking into um, some of their liberal activities, and then the uh, strategic underfunding of police across the country over the last few decades. And, and now they need the police more than ever, and people are choked that uh, all of a sudden, you know, rule of law counts. Mm. Okay, well, I mean, the blockades of rail lines that we saw... Um, we're not tolerated for that long. Not no. like this thing is dragged into they, week three. They weren't as entrenched as this one, this thing's become. Yeah. Um, but, you know, people have made the comparison. The, the liberals didn't seem to get as excited about the rail blockades as they are about these ones. But again, uh, those rail blockades did not have anywhere near the length of time in terms of disrupting the economy as this one does.